Oh, crap. Well, we're gonna need a bigger mop. gentlemen those in between and affiliated welcome uh after three months of continuous scrubbing and uh cleaning and uh with a lot of bleach and ammonia more than uh we ever needed but thankfully we're in a uh tavern after all or a speakeasy excuse me so mm-hmm. we can afford that mm-hmm. and we'll just uh, use that as a potential write-off i just uh got myself in trouble there whoops <laughs> uh we finally returned uh to the ultra-violent a-rated basement yes the ultra-violent a-rated basement a series in a yeah, we cleared this place out many years ago when we bought the the bar back in 2020. And yeah, we we planned to do a lot of different series in here, a lot of fun uh, exploring some dark anime. And yeah, then we just kind of forgot about it. We we just yeah left that place to collect dust and collect many spiders. And yeah, thankfully I was able to just shirk the work off to Isaac to clean that place out. So. <laughs> It was it was a task and uh, and a half. Um, there were times when I almost went at maddening, and uh, I also put on a bunch of uh, materials and or potential uh, series that we're gonna do later on that online. And I kind of went mad. So uh, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's all for your guys' pleasure. I hope. And speaking of that, um, I, I feel like I should just lay out, or maybe you should lay out, since this was kind of your baby this series. Because uh, yeah, twenty twenty that was a long time ago for us. I feel like we've gained a lot of new listeners since then and maybe they haven't gone back do you want to explain what this this series is and what the title is as well <laughs> yes my pleasure uh for those who don't know or are not unaware what is the ultra violent a-rated basement well it's technically it stands for ova uh but that in and of itself was you know based off of these uh which are original video animations I'll give you a brief synopsis for, for those quickly. And obviously you can do better. You can do your own research on it if you so wish to. Uh, but think of the, uh, this, is, this is kind of funny. I'll mention this, but we uh, think of the DC animated movies that we've been doing recently. Think of those, uh, you know, the past, you know, since like the early, or sorry, the late aughts to, you know, all the tens and, you know, still releasing them to this day. Uh, think of this back when Japan in the eight, about a mid eighties and then like early nineties, Japan had a really good economy, uh, for them going for them. So they had a lot of money to spend. And so what I guess a bunch of companies decided to do was, uh, either animation companies or something else. They decided to, uh, make some adaptations of, uh, either some comics or whatever, or some original stuff instead and that that never did have a comic to begin with and uh they were like all right let's let's go with this and again i'm okay it's kind of a bastardized version of it i apologize Mm. about that but um they're like okay well especially since like the vcrs or yeah vhs excuse me and uh laser discs they were they were hot as well they were the hot ticket item back in the day so they were like let's you know uh make these and what's the selling appeal why why would they buy this product well uh, because you're gonna get stuff that you wouldn't see regularly on TV on regular like you know animation blocks uh, and or like scheduled episodic television you're instead gonna get 
smut and or at least a lot of like violence uh and this obviously the series is not like you know the brainchild of mine it's just because you know i watch a lot of bennett the sage who you know basically did so basically i'm taking all of like you know bent the sage's material and we're going to do like commentaries or discussions over them yeah and i just wanted to mention for the uh the way we finagled the a into that with the do we say a rated basement a rated basement yeah a rated is in like uh like the in video games, the A rating. Yes. For adults only. I guess, yeah, not a lot of people know what that is. Caleb, what is that? Um, that's, yeah, a very, very infrequently used rating. I don't even know if they still use it. I, yeah, that's a good question. I, have, well, I won't do it live, but yeah, I don't know if there are many A rated titles even in the 22s right now. Um, maybe in the 2010s, but I know, like, for instance, I think there was Indigo Prophecy or Fahrenheit was, I believe, A rated. Or at least one of those David Cage games back in the day. Hatred. I think that, you know, game that triggered a bunch of people's jimmies back in 2013. I think that was another one that uh, may have gotten an A rating. I don't I don't remember fully. Yeah, very, very few games out there you'll you'll ever see. A lot of stores won't even sell them. Uh, mainstream like EB Games, places like that, or I don't GameStop. Yeah, they won't hold those titles. So, <laughs> but yeah, I, I just figured we should probably explain that because it has been... Yeah, I guess three years. Fitting that it, would, it took you three months to clean it out because it's taken us three years to get back. You so. are <laughs> not wrong. And again, as I said before, this series was you know heavily inspired and or you know maybe just plagiarizing Bennett the Sage and what he was doing or what he is doing. Excuse me. Um, what, what can I say? Imitation is the highest form of flattery. <laughs> and I will say, um, yeah, the last intro that we did in this series, Vampire Under D isn't the last of the OVAs that we've covered. We've also covered A Wind Named Anusia and Angel's Egg, I believe, is an OVA. I, I'm not 100% sure. Question mark. But he, neither one of those is ultra-violent, which is why we didn't factor into this series. This is for the downright vile, like, almost misanthropic types of making you really feel bad about yourself, nihilistic, uh, fatalistic, grim uh, stories that are just like uh, I feel kind of repugnant afterwards. So you need like to go either read a book or go for a walk. And speaking of, yeah, we we've arrived today for Blood Rain: Curse of the Yoma. Your pick. And uh, well, for all those going the obvious, no, this is not that Blood Rain. Uh, the obvious joke, <laughs> of course. Yes. Yes, we are going to do Blood Rain uh, because she was a video game first, I recall. Yeah. Yeah. This is Blood. Reign is in reigning over a kingdom. Yes, so. this is like a monarch would rule over a kingdom. So uh, blood rain will happen, but this is a different blood rain. Again, quite uh, quite separate uh, and different between the two. Uh, this was based off of a comic, a, a, a very small comic run, I believe, that had uh, in the 80s. So probably around the same time it was like maybe I didn't do all my research, but about like maybe mid 80s it came out and uh, then this was released, I believe, in uh, between May and June of 1989. Yep. Yep. Sounds right to me. Okay. Uh, did you do also some research? Well, they just have the 89 tag at the end of each episode. And by the way, I, I will say this is, uh, even though this is a two-episode OVA, we are watching the Omnibus version on YouTube. And we're going to be, I'll, I'll actually leave a, a link in the description because the version that we're watching doesn't begin the same way that other versions would with the Toho logo. This one just opens up on a shot of the uh, the sun and, and all these crows in a tree. 
So, so if you're trying to sync up and you have like a DVD or something or an old VHS, yeah, that's where we're at. <laughs> yeah, and this thing has not gotten remastered in either the two ten, uh, the new tens or the twenty twos. So. Maybe uh, maybe Discotech will uh, look at this one at some point. I don't know. Like it's again relatively obscure, and I don't know how many fans there are of this. So uh, again, I just wanted to use this as an introduction to get back into uh, this series. Uh, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to try to give uh, an intellectually stimulating conversation uh, for this piece here. So uh, <laughs> we're only screwed if you have to change the link eventually if this uh, this one goes down. Yes, and again. Yeah, you'll be able to sync it up as long as you get to that. I'm pretty sure it's the first shot after the Toho logo leaves. I'm just that yeah, sun with the all the crows there. Yeah, because it so. starts immediately. I was I was actually kind of surprised by that. Anyways, so um, this yeah though yeah I guess I, I would say like you know if you are watching with us then yeah please get it to timestamp zero. Caleb, are you ready? I am ready indeed. Okay, uh, then please everybody uh, press play right now. And the sun is still there. It's uh, the, the clock. Now we switched. There we go. Yep. Now we switched. A desolate battlefield in our two central characters. War. War never changes. Yeah, I like this start. I think it's got a nice grim quality to it and, and sets the tone very well. It even has like a touch of surrealism to it a little bit here. Yeah, I think this all is, is exciting stuff for a horror fan like me. Yeah, this is... <laughs> Yeah, I wonder if this, uh, do you think you would recommend this as a horror film to a lot of people? Well, I'll, I'll hold off. I, you know, I don't want to. That's that's fair. Well, yeah, my, fair. Uh, <laughs> but I will say, uh, as a fan of Italian horror movies, I, I feel a lot of Italian flavor in this one in particular. And maybe some Lucio Fulci, maybe some, some more cheap stuff. <laughs> There's definitely some of these OVAs I feel like are appealing to a very similar market just in different countries. And the music, especially in this one, I, I think is is a lot of fun for a fan of that kind of stuff. I definitely wonder if they are looking, uh, the Japanese are taking inspiration and or influence from Fulci or some Italian horror films. Yeah, I, I guess we discussed that a little bit with Perfect Blue, how I thought that was felt very influenced by Jalos. Yeah, this one feels like it's influenced from there. Yeah, more gore pictures. Brothers doing their own like thing with it. Yes, yeah, but uh, it's, it's similar, appealing to a similar audience, and yeah, hitting that same kind of niche. So outright, this uh, <laughs> this is live. Um, this looks better than the version I watched last night. Yes, yeah, you're watching the the English version, I believe. Yep, anime clip, I think it was. I believe it was anime clip, and I was gonna watch the Japanese dub of this as well, or the subtitled version of this. Excuse me, but man, this like I don't know if this is the closest thing to HD, but man, it looks so much better. Yeah, and and I'm not gonna complain about the animation too much. Um, I I feel like I can't because I'm pretty sure that this is still a VHS rip. They just tried to make it look better. But there's some issues with movement. There's some a little bit of like wobbly stuff on the screen that maybe it's just like a tape that was a little bit worn out or something. Oh, that's some not bad gore there. <laughs> I love this little beast up in the corner of the room as we see this mob boss. And he's just I guess he likes to eat heads. I think that's cool. <laughs> or has a way of uh, beheading people. Yeah, and, and for those not not watching, yeah, this is a we saw those two characters to start. Uh, what are the names again? Uh, I wrote them down somewhere. 
Maru is the villain, or at least the one that uh, our lead character is going to be searching for the whole movie. And then I don't know how to say this other name. Uh, uh. <laughs> if you say it, I'll remember it. It's like Hikaji or no, Hikaji. Like, yeah, Hikaji. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess it's his death that kind of is the beginning of the change. Curse of the undead. Yeah. Hikaji in the evil world. Jeez. Part one. I think that's a good, good opening there. I got to say, this is a little bit better. I think I like the title uh the title font a little better in this than in uh the english version but that's just me personally and how was that english dub i i watched maybe the first minute of it and i was like mm, if there's a japanese version on here i'll just watch that instead smart uh it was it was okay i think it was uh allegedly it was adv films first one of their first uh dub jobs i think it didn't sound too bad i think they were you know again trying and well, I, I can't just give it like, oh, they were trying. It's like, uh, oh, okay, but <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's no ghost in the shell. And this is kind of a weird reference. Um, if anyone's seen uh, Shogun Assassin in the uh, American version, I think it was a Ryan Pictures version, or maybe it was New Line, actually, New Line Cinema version of Lone Wolf and Cub, the first movie. Uh, something about this, this little opening, the way that they were cutting and things just kind of jump, throwing you right in. And just kind of giving a whole bunch of kind of detached imagery reminds me a whole lot of that opening, the Shogun Assassin. Both of them, I think, are very effective. They're kind of jumping you into this world and giving you a sense of the mood right away. I like that. I like that sky. I don't know why. Like, I appreciate the sky a lot more. Uh, I guess seeing this version than last night's version, <laughs> but yeah, the animation holds up really well. If this was, if if they like remastered this and. Uh, brought it to 4K, or at least you know, the closest thing to 4K, like they did with Project Echo. Man, the colors would pop real well. Yeah, no, static images, they have some really, really quality stuff. I'm curious how well the motion would translate in a better version. But yeah, just overall, the, the look of the movie, I think, is is quite, quite strong. Personally, I don't mind some of the low quality of this is kind of adds to the atmosphere that we have here on, on the, in, in the basement where it's just <laughs> like, yeah, it, it's not supposed to look like the highest quality. These are like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that people didn't put effort into this, but if you're meant to look at this on a, like a CRT TV or something like that, um, you really, you really just want it to look, you know, kind of like not ugly, but just like, Oh, it looks kind of rough. And that, that's the point we're going for. That's, that's the tone I want of, of, from the series. It's funny you say that because uh, I'm in so many horror groups and I hear a very similar argument all the time uh, discussed <laughs> when it comes to grungy horror movies, like something like uh, Friday 13th sequels. People are like, oh, I can't believe you know, I'm seeing this in like high quality uh, Blu-ray or 4K. It just doesn't seem right. Or the Halloween movies. Yeah, I, th I always think that's a, a funny little argument among those people. Like, I'll just hold on to my VHS. It's like, oh, my God, you're still watching on VHS. <laughs> Hey, to each their own. Some people prefer <laughs> yeah. things like that. But yeah, I, I do wonder if that's how the motion would actually look. It's very curious looking. It's almost like uh, it reminds me of some Game Boy games I used to have. This Ninja Turtle one in particular I had. It reminds me of that. I guess that's a somewhat triangle or an arm bar. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I guess he's. Yeah, no, I'm going for that. If it's, I don't know if it would have snapped his neck, but again, we're dealing with mystical, uh, urban legend, folklore, 
uh, mythological ninjas, not so much, you know, the actual shinobu that were, uh, you know, present in, in Japan during this, uh, this period. Now, I was curious, do you know why these ninjas were after Hikaji? Uh, okay, so from what I remember correctly is that, oh, these, these ninjas, um, good question. Uh, they don't seem to be working for, um, the Yoma, as far as I'm aware. They're not possessed, uh, I believe. Um, I think it was just like an action scene to show us that, hey, he's, uh, clearly like equipped for this. Yeah. No, that's fair. Yeah. That's my that's that's my take. Uh, again, it's <laughs> so so. One thing I was thinking of throughout this entire like OVA was it's kind of similar to what we did we did last week. <laughs> Funny, uh, not to you know pull a curtain out from behind us, but uh, last week we were discussing um, was All Star Superman, uh, which is also an adaptation uh, in a you know direct to video fashion of the comic book All Star Superman. Uh, by grant morrison so it's kind of funny how these are kind of similar just in that their adaptation standpoint this has uh, at least this version's going for like an hour 19 minutes whereas uh that superman movie from last week was about uh, what was it like an hour 10 like an hour 17 maybe okay there you go so i i don't know how long the book went for i don't know if it was like all-star superman like this this by I me mean, like the curse of the yoma but it could have easily you know been you know quite longer and they i'm not saying went with the greatest hits but even then they also had to like adapt yeah i think it said it was two volumes so i see okay probably not too big but but yeah no there there i do have some questions in a couple spots in this movie um but, but i i think this movie is is going for kind of an air of mystique throughout so it's not too bad if i don't fully know what's going on yeah for and these were only not only, but these were initially made for uh, a Japanese viewing audience. They didn't think that these would be you know exported out. Well, not exported out, but they didn't. Well, sorry, when the creators were making this, not just like you know the comic artists, but uh, when the creators were making this, they weren't expecting them to you know go to America, or they didn't have like American sensibilities or worldwide sensibilities for people. So. They were like, you know, well, this is steeped in, you know, Japanese mythology and history as well. <laughs> Maybe not so much demon side, but like just, you know, with <laughs> their like mythology. Uh, so that with that, so again, it's like a fairy tale. Um, so if you don't know your Japanese history and you know, culture, you're just going to be like, what the hey is going on? <laughs> yeah, maybe you can fill us in throughout. I mean, I'm, oh, but... I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, but I didn't realize that they set up the giant spider things so early on oh it was right there when he was just walking in those stairs yeah oh but sorry i cut you off what were you gonna say that's okay i don't know everything about this film or this uh this ova excuse me uh i'm just like going with you know what i what i probably know sure oh but here we get the first introduction of this this song here that we see repeated i think like maybe three times throughout the movie it's kind of similar to maybe Star Wars in a way where there's like a fairy tale because, you know, I'm, I'm not saying that, uh, well, <laughs> it's funny how uh, Ninja and this are like, oh, we have we have like a code of conduct and honor. It's like, isn't that what Samurai were? <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, for, from what I recall, Shinobu were uh, peasants. They were, they were, or sometimes they were Samurai in disguise who wanted to get away from the code of conduct so they can perform 
uh, a third option if if it were because they were stuck being law abiding citizens. But basically, you know, the samurai is like the feudal Japan version of the um, the knight, the European knight. So you know, here we are. The, the the knight is off to you know go fight and slay a dragon. Yeah, by the way, there's a little bit of a curious, I don't know if it's an error or if it was a stylistic choice where sometimes when we see a character at a certain angle, it looks like they don't have a nose, like their nose was like cut off at the tip. It's a type of art style, I believe. I think it's a, yeah, I'm <laughs> you know, learning to draw myself. It's like, yeah, I believe it is a, a type of uh, way to do noses. Yeah, I think it's a, a flawed way to do them. I at first, because he's, you know, he's kind of beat up. And I was like, oh, I guess maybe they chopped off the tip of his nose. And then we see this other character here. Uh, Aya, I think her name is. Aya, I believe. She, yeah, Aya. And she's also looks like she's got a big scar on the side of her face. Oh, there he is. Yep. Maru. Um, but, but she, yeah, that's a scar. That's a, hey, that's a scar, by the way. I think uh, she and Zuko have something in common, eh? Yeah, and, and I thought, oh, I guess they cut off her nose too. Like, hmm. but it's like, oh no, they didn't. <laughs> if you watched uh, Dominion Tank Police or even New Dominion Tank Police, they have something similar there. Like the art style that they're uh, using in that also kind of some of the characters' noses also look like they're missing. But again, it's a it's an it's a it's a choice in the art direction. Yeah, odd choice, I think. Hey man, you tried drawing a nose. <laughs> well, I'm not putting out any movies. I know, so. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Not yet, anyways. They they look like Voldemort, I think. Uh I, I could see it, but not as not, well, not as not as uh, uh, serpenty, because I could clearly see he has a schnoz right there. Yeah, it's only from certain angles. Yeah. Oh, uh, what is this? Subliminal messaging? What is this? The um, the Columbo episode that you just released today? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we see this image many times throughout, and I'm always curious what they're trying to signify with it. Is it that these two were have always been locked in this sort of competition, this kind of chase, and maybe at one point they're running to the same goal, and now it's just, yeah, I don't know. It's yeah, it's it's the <laughs> it's like the Obi Wan Anakin uh, dynamic, where it's just like, see these things, these guys have been best friends since they were young. A little different in that in that series, of course, but yeah, uh, in this, it's the, the, there's I believe what they're trying to tell us is that uh, tell the audience is that these two uh, have a friendship and the, they're friends because they're running in a field of flowers. Yeah, okay. I guess that's fair. Okay. I mean, I guess we could go more into that, but there's another, I don't is that an OVA or a movie? I will see. I don't know if it'll be on, it'll be on the channel at some point, but I think there's a, I don't know if I'll remember this, but there's another series. I think that does at least a, I won't say better job, but does uh, explains it more and at least shows us uh, why these two are friends. Not these two, but why the the two main characters are friends. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I wonder if that one more is just supposed to. Yeah. Cause, cause in their running, it doesn't look like they're having a carefree time. It does look like it's some sort of intense competition between them. Yeah. Like a race almost. Uh, I agree. This definitely feels like, I don't know if it's completely like, you know, an expansion from uh, expansion but it's uh, straight off the page from the comic uh or if it was you know cut down for time but i could almost see it being like in a tv series where you can have you know more proper time to uh, develop these these characters backstories 
Yeah, I don't know if you need it. I, f- I feel like this movie is mainly a mood piece. And it has a lot of ideas that they kind of give to you in in that kind of mood way. It's 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 I feel like we're not really supposed to know these characters too well. They are they have like a purposeful archetype quality to them, which I think works. Interesting. So they're not so much that while they have the the basic of uh, like surface level character traits, that's it. There's nothing like oh, this is what. Um, uh, hey, uh, what was his name again? Uh, Hikaji, I think. Hikaji, yeah. This is what Hikaji would do, or Hikaji probably. <laughs> Whereas you know he he he's dressed and clad similar to um, Ashitaka from um, Princess Mononoke. Funny enough, but I, again, that's just a standard I think thing for uh, probably a, a standard look that some uh, people give these characters over there. Um, but it's just funny, like, cause we kind of know who Ashitaka is, but we don't know who, uh, Kaji is. Yeah. And, and you mentioning it being like kind of a fairy tale. Yeah. I could definitely see that. I, I was thinking like, I wonder if this was based off like a myth or something. Cause I didn't read about the comic until afterwards. I like, yeah, it's kind of a mythological feel to it. Yeah. This is actually closer to star Wars than I think any of the other movies are, <laughs> if that makes sense, at least maybe the first one. Where, which, which movies? <laughs> uh, I guess the original trilogy. Oh, okay. Because when you were saying more than any other movies, I was like, Whoa. yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I meant the sequel trilogy and the prequel trilogy. Oh, okay. Maybe somebody can make an argument for that. But um, that's that's the thing, isn't it? Is that like the originals kind of felt maybe, hey, maybe that's something I have to bring up as well. But like, you know, the originals start off as like, you know, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away is as stuff to point out. It's no different than, you know, once upon a time in a land far, far away. Yeah, and I'll say, uh, I'm curious, were you thinking of Angel's Egg at all watching this? There were some parts to it when it was Angel's Egg. Some of the backgrounds were like, oh, that kind of, you know, makes me feel like this right here. Yes, that right there. This, this piece, right? This is like, this is this is full on Angel's <laughs> Egg for me. It was like a giant fish in the background, too, it looked like. <laughs> oh, lovely. It ends on, I don't know what. But uh, yeah, here we have, I guess, two other clansmen. Uh, who give him more stuff, uh, give Hikaji a little bit more stuff about Maru and kind of have him report in on like, you know, him spying and what, giving him explanations of like why he's here in this village. Yeah. And he's, he, I guess they're not really trusting him because of his past relationship with Maru. Yeah. And the, in the dub, uh, in the English version, they kind of sound a little bit more sympathetic. I don't know what sympathetic, but they, they, they feel unsure but not like I, I don't know like how you felt about their performance if they if if they came across as uh oh you're 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 you're, you're too uh one-sided you're too biased uh, you should be you know, pulled from this job oh interesting hmm. yeah whereas whereas in the, where in the english version they were a little bit more like are you sure you can handle this where they're like you know asking him like are you okay with this sir or uh, sir are you okay with this kaji and, and and i guess in the japanese version it was more like you're too biased yeah a little accusatory yeah no, i know i think that that works yeah I don't, I don't know if there's too much there but i guess the worst thing i could say about the english tub maybe is still it's bland Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well you know that's yeah that's serviceable yeah serviceable is is, is good for for english dubs for these kind of movies even going back to the Grimm's fairy tales, uh, sorry to go back to that idea, but like the Grimm's, the original Grimm's fairy tales, they were, some, some of those things were brutal. 
Like they they didn't hold. Yeah. I'm not saying they didn't hold any punches, but like you know, it, I don't think they had this where we see the inside of this guy's body. But you know, I mean, that that Cinderella story. You know, the fact that you know her sisters or stepsisters like you know um, mauled and and kind of disfigured their own feet to fit that glass slipper. It's like ugh, that's definitely not something they've done in the Disney version. Yeah, and they were tied down with uh, some some looks like string there, and hmm, whatever that means. Yeah, there's string or like you know webbing. Oh, and just as we're seeing this attack, I wanted to mention I thought it was quite a cool idea with the village that he finds himself in, because he this old man catches him at this waterfall and tells him that. Oh, I, I like that little shot too. Yeah, the ghost image of Maru haunting this this area. Yeah, just like either tricking him, either like he's seeing things or trying to distract him. Yeah, I think overseeing. He's like, he's never too far away. Just kind of, uh, but maybe not there in body, but in spirit. Yeah, no, again, trying to trick him and trying to, you know, catch catch him off guard or, or mess with his mind. Yeah, maybe we'll discuss yeah, what his motivation might be later. But um, when they have their big scene, which I, which I quite, like, quite liked at the end. Oh, let's go. Uh, anyway, the, uh, keep continue. Yeah, we find out that this village, it's right next to this place where people are always going to commit suicide and it's become this, this almost like a shadow village of all these people who should be dead, but are just hanging in between. And yeah, maybe this old man's like, oh, I'm just here to bring comfort to these, these spirit, their spirits. So that maybe that'll have some interesting things going on later in the movie as well. And that last scene, we also learned that uh, Maru was a child born from the ground. A, a mm. yoma in this case like a you know equivalent to you know i guess what we would call a demon from the underworld mm. oh okay that's what yoma means well i don't know if it's that i gotta you know oh, disclaimer okay. i don't sure. i don't know japanese but i, I don't remember what it was because there's <laughs> different kinds because there's like yokai that's not demon but uh and there's different different words we're, we're talking we're dealing with a system of words that have three alphabets to them <laughs> So you gotta again, language is, uh, and and writing in Japanese is very specific. I like this too. Aya comes back to her the, this house, and oh god, that nose! <laughs> and in there, there's this, there's something in there speaking to her, asking her to do a favor. I thought the voice was really ominous there. And I, I think up to this movie, the uh, the horror kind of vibe is is they're doing a great job building the, the atmosphere with it. That's good. I'm 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 impressed by this. I'm I'm, I'm happy you're you know kind of into this. Yeah, and how are you feeling up to this point? I'm liking it so far. Again, it's I, 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 I'll admit I should have probably watched the uh, the subtitle version again. Uh, yeah, once once before this, but I kind of also like uh, this is a th- cool thing where they can like do two things at once. Where we see um, uh, Hikage like he's he's preparing. He's 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 we saw him earlier kind of like preparing his weapons. And uh, I kind of like that. And also kind of either having some inner mile, inner dialogue, uh, inner monologue, excuse me, uh, or, you know, kind of, you don't always have to address the scene with words and, you know, see what the character is expressing, but I I liked it. Yeah. And again, he's repeating that mantra, that song that uh, Ayu was singing in the woods. That's just going through his mind. Uh so I wonder, I kind of wonder what the thematic element of that is, because, yeah, we get it repeated here, and then we'll get it repeated again later. 
just wonder what they're going for with it. It was a counting game, looks like the the this little like yeah how do I put this this not poem but this little like lullaby or, or whatever you want to call it was like a counting game of like. Oh, how would I how would I put this? But like you know, like um, London Bridge is falling down. Mm-hmm. Snick. <laughs> yeah, he's Wolverine. All of a sudden, I had to make that obvious like joke. <laughs> and I love all the colors on these the spider here. I think that's really it's really well done stuff. Yeah. How, how do you think you uh, liked all the uh, all the the de- de- demon designs? Um, I didn't love all of them. Um. But I, I think that this this first one here is quite quite good. Maybe not first one because we saw that other. Well, I guess this was the same spider from last night. Yeah, the first time really getting a good look at it. But it's interesting that uh, we're going to get a big spider. We've seen a ton of spiders throughout the movie up to this point. There is one hanging out uh, right above that old man. Yep. Um, I think we saw one during the battlefield early on. And yeah, of course we got that little glimpse of the big spider in the background, which I missed the first time. Oh yeah. There's, and there's a few other times in the village where you'll see shots of them. Like they're, they're like setting them up and in the background, every like everywhere. Yeah. And spiders themselves give me a little bit of a visceral creepy response. So yeah, they did a good job seeding it up to this. And here we get a big backstory. Uh, uh, info dump. (laughs) You just, (laughs) Which, you know, some people may like and some people be like, that's kind of a waste of my time. Uh, uh, how come? I Well, just like. Good question. Um, I don't have an answer for you. <laughs> you got me. Son of a man, you got me. Yeah, because this. Yeah, this is we've been spending so much time building mood and now we're getting a reveal of what's going on exactly. Well, why are we in this kind of ghost town? Oh, wait, I got it. Um, we should, we should like, you know, reach the conclusion ourselves. The movie doesn't have to just like, you know, spill all the beans and, and tell us like straight up what it is. You know, it should be, it should be like, you know, um, a surreal film. It should leave us, you know, let, let to the audience's interpretation, uh, you know, subjective. Yeah. And I think it still does do that. Yeah. That's it true. just, Filling out another part of it. We're in this kind of. Oh, by the way, I like how he's just constantly bleeding out that gross green stuff. Vomit or some in, inner like fluids. But yeah, I guess this old man is here working for a greater evil. This this. Uh, an old king who became a god. Transcended. Yeah. Became Kakuga no Miko, I think they call him. Yeah, which is what Maru is. Uh, spoilers. <laughs> Yeah, spoilers. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I, I also, what did you think of the motivation of that um, of of the spider of of, of this like you know shrine priest or, or whatever you want to call him caretaker? Yeah, I, I like that he was like, yeah, we're we're basically collecting these these flies, these people who are gonna you know had a short lifespan. We're just collecting them, and how is it wrong for us to eat them now? We we save them to be this food, and they walk themselves here. Yeah, how are you and I? So that's another thing that I've recognized through some uh, some Japanese writings in in different OVAs or different. Uh, you'll you'll probably find this elsewhere as well. Even some like I think Super Sentai or Ultraman kind of deals with this as well, um, where where the villains often ask like, you know, how are you the protagonist and I the antagonist so different? Oh God! <laughs> Just the other day, I I watched uh, I finished watching Parasite. 
Ooh, okay. And, oh God, they take that to a whole other level with some. They, that's a, that's a standard like that, that, it's almost a standard story plot, plot or trope almost. Yes, and and they play it up to some ridiculous extremes in that that show. At the end. I kept trying to remember there was another like series I watched that had a similar um, viewpoint as well. <laughs> I don't it was what I cannot remember for the life of me what it was. I'm like, what the hey is it supposed to be? I I can't remember. But by the way, I did like the little touch of body horror that we got with the old man transforming into the spider. I thought that was 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 a nice little splash fit since we don't really get too much body horror in this. A couple little sprinkled in. Well, there's also something that we all uh, also kind of uh we're also kind of missing we'll get to that but it's kind of funny how you know or not funny but it's interesting like that wasn't the spider the first spider that we saw like that was just like another spider we're about to Mm. get a second spider yeah and we they also throw in that trope of the the long-haired old woman witch common in these kind of japanese horror flicks so i like them throwing that in there too I mean, hey, this is a look that we could give Medusa if she, like, you know, appears in the MCU. Oh, wait, we already did her. Never mind. Uh, I, like, I like the animation of the hair, by the way. <laughs> it just I, looks kind of funny. I like it. I mean, yeah, I call it, you know, simplistic and basic, but hey, you try doing yeah. that. Not not you, of course, but just like, you know, those contrary. I, it's, it's not true, of course. It needs to be a standard at some point. And, of course, this is very low-budget stuff. I mean, you can't... Uh, well, I don't know if I'd standard call- of. I don't know if I'd call it low budget or at least like limited budget. I guess it's the same thing. Never mind. Yeah, these are straight to video, you know, OVA stuff. They're not uh, they're not pumping out theater quality releases. I'm sure they have huge time crunches for these these OVAs. I'm sure there's a very big turnaround. This is true. Yeah, no, you're you're definitely right. Uh, I do I do wonder. Uh, I don't know how often you watch a lot of like direct to video stuff, like you know, live action stuff. I mean, but. Do you find you get more enjoyment out of those because of how like, you know, wonky they can get or you can can you see yourself getting a little bit more entertained by these kind of uh, you know, OVAs? Uh they can all tickle my fancy in different regards. I figured. To each their own. Yeah. And so there's that first spider. We kind of saw body transformation, not the same, but Yeah. Whoa. Ouch. Yeah, and I wish you may have gotten a tiny bit more variety with with these uh, these baddies in this first episode. I just get you know, they give us a tiny little bit of that with the witch lady, but then jump straight right back into another spider. That's a haunting image. Oh, in the water there. Yeah. Uh yeah, just be uh, similar to uh, or sorry, so the kill is a bit similar to last one where he just like goes inside of her and just like you know, internal bleeding. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, my lord will rise again. No, <laughs> I guess she doesn't say that there. <laughs> but I think they already mentioned that he's he's coming now. He's he was asleep for a long time, but now he's going to rise. Yeah, no, for so long he has, you know, been, you know, uh, absent from this world. And now it is the time of like demons. The, the Yomar are coming again. Yeah. And this is a cool scene. Yeah, it's like a silk factory. Almost. Remember in the return of the not. Yeah. Yeah. Return of the 36 chambers where in the beginning it's not the same thing, but in the beginning they had all those like fabrics everywhere. 
Yeah, they're having yeah. that cool fabric fight. Exactly. Yeah, yeah it's kind of like that. Hmm. And you know, one place you don't want to be, which is like and and desecrate, which is like a shrine. And of course, you know what's you know under the Buddha statue, or excuse me, uh, statue of a uh, of a day or whoever it is. Uh, but I neg heart brain. Uh, yeah, the brain of Morbius. When's he gonna start complaining? Uh oh, it's Morbin time. <laughs> <laughs> Not that Morbius. <laughs> oh, which Morbius are we talking about? <laughs> Uh, it's there, there's a Doctor Who episode where there's a big ah, giant okay. talking brain, or not not giant, but a big brain. Yeah, like you know, a, you know, a human sized or not, like a, a human sized brain, I guess. Yeah. Well, Ooh, that looks nice, Steve. Yeah, and th- that's part I enjoy. I, I enjoy seeing that. And this this birthing scene. It looks like it's similar to a uh, xenomorph egg. Uh. I guess I can kind of see it. Not fully, of course, but just the way it opens. But that's anything. I love that. The image of the head in his mouth. That's very cool. Oh, you're almost supposed to say me like this guy, man. What are you doing? <laughs> well, this is embarrassing. <laughs> How dare you look at me like this? Get out. I haven't even put my pants on yet. <laughs> now, what is interesting is, is it makes me wonder if Maru, like, became something different. Because we we get the impression later in the movie that Mara was always this this demon lord just kind of waiting, but I don't know. I I feel like maybe they either fudged that or maybe I just misunderstood. So if this were a miniseries, maybe not a TV series, excuse me, a miniseries. If there were a little bit more, I guess, to it, and whether that was an illusion or because here's the real Maru. So whether that was like you know an illusion or it was just him and he quickly teleported out i i have no idea well there there we just saw that he teleported so it's potentially he just teleported out of there but uh yeah you kind of spoiled what i was gonna like you know talk about a bit but i was gonna talk about i uh, mean not talk about but i was gonna bring up the idea of nature versus nurture uh at the end where was maru's inner demon or demon nature was he always a demon when he was a child or the fact that he was like brought up by these humans did he uh i'm not gonna say reject his demon heritage but did he um grow out of it yeah it's an interesting question and and i wonder what the meaning of the ending is too i i don't know if i should spoil any of that or if i should wait well you can talk about the ending of this one if you wish to let's maybe save uh the actual like you know overall ending until later sure but yeah i guess the ending for this one we discover that yeah, because I was, she was in the woods. She was captured by the spider, and that's what drew, um, uh, Ikaji. Ikaji, uh, over there. I keep forgetting his name. <laughs> and um, yeah, now we discover that she she passed away. There we go. R.I.P. Sister. Like e- either when he killed the priest, all her memories came back. I love that shot. This shot, by the way, with all the rain, because yeah, it's I love I love me some rain, like you love water on screen. But... Thank you, thank you for mentioning that. By the way, I'm going to quickly add on to that. Yeah, go ahead, please. Yeah, about the village, all the people who came to kill themselves—that was part of the gift of the village—is they would forget why they came there, and they're all they all seem happy, and they're having a big party all the time. So it was like they were trying to keep them happy as they, you know, farmed them basically. But then once they, once the wizard was, or once the, the old man was killed, <laughs> wizard, might as well be. <laughs> yeah, once he was killed, once he was killed, his magic was lifted and they all brought their got their memories back 
Yeah, it's uh, as you know, TV tropes pointed out. It's similar to that you know Greek tale of the the lotus eating machine, where you know you're stuck inside your psyche or whatever, and you keep experiencing a uh, euphoria or you know, um, uh, what the heck is it? Dopamine. You 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 keep experiencing. You, you live out your your happiest memories or your happiest dreams uh, every day. Or you know, a la Superman brainiac attacks. Oh, if you remember that part where he's in the Phantom Zone, I I vaguely remember it. It's been quite a while. <laughs> yeah, of course. Where like he and like Lois knows who he is, and it's just like stay with me, and he's like, no, I can't do it. And so the Phantom Zone was literally like you know trying to keep him inside. Oh yeah, I, yeah, I'm starting to remember it. Yeah, that's kind of like that, and and so yeah, here we we end off. <laughs> Funny, here's the here's literally is the ending. Part two follows credits. Um. Yeah, this is, you know, so the ending was basically, yeah, the, the, I think the other clansmen kind of you know, said basically what happened. And yeah, off Hikaji just goes on to the next adventure. Yeah, either the people killed themselves or they killed each other. All the people in the town. Yeah, they just all of a sudden remembered like, oh, yeah, that's right. I'm suicidal. And then just do the act. And it's like, oh, that's really grim. Yeah, because I'm assuming if they all came to that point to die, there must be some some dire straits behind them. So <sighs> I wish they were not to be the ones that feared the Reaper. Yeah. But yeah, so a pretty dark little ending for this this first OVA. And yeah, I think it would definitely have me there, you know, a couple months later or a couple weeks later to uh pick up that next tape and, and see what, uh, see where the story goes. Ah, really? So you're, you know, you're back in the day, you're, you know, you're living, you're, you were a Japanese person living uh, in 89 and you're like, I'm, you know what? That was worth my money. That was my money. I, I think I got my money's worth from this. Now I want to see what happens next. Oh yeah. Th- this, this kind of stuff is my bread and butter. I just, I, I can enjoy my, my favorite type of horror is atmospheric horror. And this very much feeds into that. So, so yeah, very happy with that first part. Very nice. It's kind of, you know what it also is similar to? It's similar to a comic book. Uh, I don't just mean this, but like, you know, uh, I'm thinking of like American comic books, excuse me. Okay. (laughs) Major American comic books, like mainstream, excuse me. So, of course, I'm thinking of Marvel and DC, where it's just like you get uh, your monthly issue of Captain America and you're like, oh, what's going to happen next? And then you like, you know, have to wait till next month to uh, see what continues on. Yeah, it's kind of interesting that something like this wouldn't be considered a like a TV series. There's tons of these OVAs that have multiple entries, and even though they're not really a completed film, like they they cut off, they're not even at theatrical film run length, but they still are considered films in their own right, not not episodes or TV shows or miniseries. I always think that's kind of an interesting line. Yeah, would you consider like you know TV? Like, and I'm just, I'm talking like real uh, real life stuff, live action. Excuse me. Uh, would you consider like uh, made for TV movies, uh, movies, or just like television movies? Uh, I consider them movies. Yeah. Okay. On a different scale, though. That's not to throw oh, yeah. them under the bus. I can't throw all of them under the bus. <laughs> yeah, definitely different budget. Uh, you know, lengths. I guess for background for those, you know, for the, for this next bit, for this next part, or the last part, I guess, uh, we have uh, Nobunaga. 
that is a that is definitely a name that some people, if they know their Japanese history, will remember. Uh, I believe he was. Uh, I, I I shouldn't say because I will butcher all the history, and I don't want to do that. But he was a very important figure during uh, t- the, the conflict during feudal Japan. Yeah, and this this actually is a, a bit of a time jump. We're cutting in two years later, and he's still on the search. I thought it was three. I think they said two, but he, he's still on the search either way. And I guess yeah, political alliances have kind of the power dynamics have changed within his his clan. Yes, that's kind of interesting, isn't it? Yeah. I yeah, you think you think that it would just be immediately he goes and then finds him later on. It's like no, he actually like you know waits a bit. Or not wait. He doesn't wait a bit. Excuse me, but he. Yeah, it's it's like he's been following the signs. When we see him here, he's on this beach and he's looking off at the storm. And there's this ninja girl that runs in and there's this big fight happening around him. And all he can focus on is that that storm that he knows is the sign of his uh, his prey. Exactly. It's almost like he's waiting. Yeah, waiting. That makes sense. I didn't. You just you actually I I didn't think of that until like just now. You're right. I I didn't realize that. And they even try to get him into the fight and he's just completely like, yeah, these are meaningless to me. Yeah, look at him. Yeah, he's just like, um, you guys literally just like showed up in the wrong time. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a cool, cool way to start this one. All this stuff here, <laughs> where it's like, no, I came here on my own terms. You guys just showed up randomly. <laughs> yeah. And they're even like making it up. They're like, "Hey, are you laughing at us?" And they cut to his face, and it's just completely stone face. <laughs> You're like, hey, we're not going to let you do that to us. <laughs> oh, who's laughing now, buddy? Now, I wasn't quite sure with, with this this female character here and her, this guy that she clearly cares about a lot. And he's saying that, that she killed their leader and betrayed them. Now, this is another one where I, I wasn't fully sure what her backstory was. I don't know if I missed something here. Yeah, no, as far as I'm aware, like maybe more is explained in the book, but... <laughs> First off, sure, I'll, I'll, I'll agree with Sage, even though this is like one of his earliest episodes he reviewed. Um, you know, the, the, the line that comes up is like, why did you run away when you killed our leader? Kind of obvious as you just answered your own question. <laughs> well, it's an honor thing. It, it is. Yeah. She should have stayed. And if she thought that she was just, she should have like a tr- like a true honorable person dealt with the consequences. Wow. That looks so much better. And like. Wow, that, that looked really good. Sorry, just the the, diff, the different rep, of course. Yeah, part two, Mara with Crazy Fang, and we Yikes. see this this flame horse. the The waves, the storm erupts into a, a flame, <laughs> a horse, which is pretty comical. But you know, now, now that I think about it, like I'll, I'll, I'll go back to my stuff. But like, when I think about this, it does remind me a lot of like Super Sentai or Power Rangers, where we'll go to like the aside and we'll see like the villains and what they're up to. Um, and them having a conversation that is kind of interesting also this little like ghostly being or whatever it is i didn't see that in the um uh in last night's uh version i watched yeah like the this demon being in the flame that he in a way like transports up into the it's like finster make my monster grow Uh, (laughs) yes I love the hair animation for this one, by the way. I, it's so good. It's so flo- I love it. It's oh, it's so great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, with I believe this, <laughs> I think this is intentional. But I believe this woman's name is Aya. Yeah, I was gonna hold off on that. Yeah, that's uh, 
the stuff I want to mention about the ending comes in with her. Of course. Sorry about that. Yeah, I won't go into it too much, but like maybe she got a lot more to do in the, you know, in the in the novel. Um, but her dynamic with that leader who just got, you know, galloped over uh, yep. and bucked by this horse. Yeah, quite. Yeah. Um quite complicated i guess like she didn't want to kill him but uh, he felt more betrayed than she did well even though she did feel betrayed but like yeah i you know you, you could go into that more if you expanded it maybe but you know that's not the important stuff here it's this part yeah i feel like on re- repeat viewings maybe i'll get more of what they were going for with her and, and that guy's dynamic i mean it, it like i guess in a utilitarian sense they need her to show up to you know ally with him yeah, and perhaps perhaps they're similar in, in the sense that they both fell out of favor with their clan. He's, That's a good point. He, they, they maybe don't trust his allegiances. They're currently in the middle of a big war, and he's out here sitting on a beach waiting to come across this guy that they've given up on years earlier. <laughs> he's, he's almost trying to like, um, he's looking at the larger picture where they're looking at the immediate picture. Uh, it could be, it could be. Yeah, maybe he sees a threat there that they don't see. Like he's going directly to the source, whereas they're, you know, trying to just fight a battle. But, you know, another one will just occur, whereas here he's going to like, again, try to, you know, stop it from the source. And there he goes again, snicking, you know, the inside of of the of the demon. And that pretty much does it away. Yeah, we barely even discussed uh, Mizumi Nomiko. Yeah, this this horse Yuma. This sea horse. Yeah, and I like that whole underwater fight. Of course, I did. Um, the way that they illustrated the uh, the bubbles feels very much like '90s Namor or or '80s Namor as well. So I can appreciate that. <laughs> I don't know if I would call it, you know, as epic as that underwater shark zombie fight sequence in uh, Zombie Two, but <laughs> oh, a few things can get that epic. But I do like introducing this very different setting. Um, I will say in the second part that some of the more kind of uh, atmospheric horror, I I feel like they lose a lot of that and it becomes kind of more of a fantasy piece. Yes, a lot more. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. It's more fantasy over horror. Well, there there is still some horror imagery, but again, yeah, there's not as much of like an atmosphere to it. Yeah, so a little less to my sensibilities, but for for what it is, I I think that they're uh, still carrying it well enough. I think, or potentially a different atmosphere and a yeah. different tone. Yeah. There we go. Not, not a, not it doesn't lose the atmosphere. It just changes it. Yeah. The, the, the very kind of, I feel like that first part had a kind of oppressive vibe carrying through it. Oh yes. Yeah. This one yeah, definitely a little bit different there. That's kind of some things you'll see in, in, uh, you know, these OVAs where the first one literally tries to grab you. And then the second one, maybe either tries to go a different direction because they want to tell a different story, or at least they've, they've got the audience's attention. So they're like, okay, we don't have to worry uh, as much anymore. Yeah. I feel like there's meant to be more of a hopeful edge with this one, him pairing up with this, this girl. And yeah, I, I feel like she brings a different element, different dynamic. I don't know if she's his voice or she gives him purpose or, or what, or just, you know, as soon as you insert a woman into the piece, it just changes everything. Well, with the, the previous one, the Aya there, she felt 
I mean, of course, she was a suicider as well. And she had that big scar. And yeah, I feel like she very much fit that kind of it was almost had an apocalyptic tone. I feel like that first episode, like we just arrived at the end of the world, this this town again, very dour situation they're in. I guess this one also has that apocalyptic feel. I feel like if if they let uh, Kaguya Nomiko, if, if they let him just run wild, yeah, maybe he would just destroy the world or turn into a hellscape. So I guess that, yeah, makes sense. There's a really cool like atmospheric shot. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely still moments in this one. It's our second time we see a water bucket. I don't know why. <laughs> Pail of water. I don't know why. I just, I just noticed that. I kind of like that animation. Yeah, if there's one thing that this this uh, OVA didn't uh, stoop to is one, a bunch of nudity. Um, but also, thank God, no uh, sexual assault stuff is these very frequently go to. <laughs> I mentioned it earlier, and I'm saying it, I'll say it again. This what, what's lacking in this one? Uh, well, I'll, I'll point out something at least. Not that it's you know scandalous or anything like that, but it was the one thing that was like, whoa, that's what I that's what I'm not noticing. Uh, yeah, there's like almost no like female nudity. Uh, this yeah, this is creepy too especially the screaming baby like yeah i was like oh, i don't like this part because you know the, the the high-pitched voice of a baby i don't agree with <laughs> head <laughs> what they flipped heads and they won i don't know <laughs> that little repeating shot like that oh man that that i see so much of that in just cheap horror movies just to add effect they just do this this little drifting you know what didn't do this? Uh, House by the Cemetery. Not House by the Cemetery. Uh, whatever that Fulci film was. The first Fulci film that we watched. First Gates of Hell movie. Beyond? Whatever. Be- not the Beyond. The other one. Oh, uh, yes. City of the Living Dead. City of the Living Dead. Remember when we were inside that like mausoleum? Yeah, that's true. I feel like they may have pulled a, a little bit of that stuff in the Beyond. Oh, like wow. That. Okay. So sorry. That pink haired lady. Okay. That was okay. She was there before. Okay. Wow. Because cause the rip I saw was not like that. Oh really? Yeah. Or the the, the color was uh, a bit. It was there was a bit of discoloration, so I didn't realize it was her. Yeah, and I like that too. That they they wandered into this ghost village and they didn't realize because they were like, I guess I, I get a feeling that these two are, and I'll explain more of it later. I feel like they're almost separated from this time. They're they're living in a a sort of a different sphere. Ooh, okay. And so yeah, they they see they just see things a little bit differently, and they saw this town what it what it was as it was leaving this world these ghosts and then they got to see it for what it really was it's also kind of funny where hakage said uh that when the seahorse showed up uh he he was like it's an illusion and then he like proceeds to run over that guy and you know <laughs> completely like squish him um but this is where yeah this village was you know a, a kind of an illusion as well there was like an illusion cast and I don't know what broke the, the the spell or whatnot, but yeah, we see what it really is. Yeah, see, I don't even I don't even think that part is related to. Uh, I think that this is a like this was all just the war of what's going on with his clan and that other clan. I don't think it has anything to do with uh, Morrow at this point. Yeah, because they mentioned what did, what did they mention? They mentioned something how uh, they would have like burned this village, but instead they just left it all to rot. Yeah, how like you know unholy that is, and sacrilegious it is. 
Yeah, because the war machine just had to keep moving on. They just kind of popped through, sacked the village, killed everyone, and just kept plowing forward. Yeah, did they say the demons would have burnt the village, or humans would have burned the village? Uh, I think they said humans, I, I think. I can't okay. remember for sure. Got it. But they did say that it was ravaged by war. Ouch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alright, now this makes a little more sense. That, you know, he left her because he's like, eh. You're not, you know, I, I don't need you or anything like that. You're useless. Uh, we'll talk about that later. But yeah, here's this, like... I thought she was a shrine maiden, but just dressed in like, I guess, very formal attire. Yeah, no, she's one of the ghosts, right? I can't remember for sure. Some, yes, I believe so. Right there. Side boob. I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> like if this, if this was like, you know, trying to be edgy, like even more edgy than, I mean, one might already think it is, uh, she would have like showed her whole breast. Yeah. And I feel like since maybe we're, we're dancing around it at this point. Well, actually, I guess I'll save it since we're getting to this. I see you. <laughs> yeah, I like that we we'd seen that tree earlier, and there was like a little face in it, and then it turns into this yeah very different looking face. But I thought that was a nice little setup again. It's the Whomping Willows. It's the trees from uh, Wizard of Oz. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking of the trees from uh, was it the Island Misfit Toys. I think that or was that. Uh... Or not, not Island Misfit Toys. What's what's that Disney movie? Lost in Toyland. Do you know the one I mean? Lost in Toyland. That's is that Muppet? No, that's not Muppets. Um, it's live action, and it. I think I believe our characters wind up in this place with a whole bunch of trees, and the trees are like, "Oh, now that you've come here, you'll never be able to leave again." And they're like surrounding them and singing this very funny song. Oh my goodness! Yeah, no, that rings a bell. Lost in Toyland. I think that's the one, but it's it's been a while. But there's it's a subtitle, isn't it? The, the babes right. in Babes in Toyland. No, wait. Babes that's not in it. Toyland. Wait, no. Yeah, that's not it. Sorry. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> but but talk about this scene. Talk about what we're seeing here, and I'll follow this <laughs> quickly. The, the you know the the lady she kind of gave uh, reference to her husband kind of slashing at her heart. I don't know if he ripped it out of her, but he she took it out like he kind of attacked her with his uh, attacked her with it, and that was that's a key point that'll come up later. Yeah, and we get Mothra here. <laughs> I mean, maybe like villainous Mothra. <laughs> okay, where was that dart? Like, did you have that like on your tooth? <laughs> oh, and by the way, it was it was Babes in Toyland. I apologize. Babes in Toyland. Yeah, I'm trying. To, where's that? Where's that? Why does that ring a bell? 1961 live action uh, Disney film. Very very cool movie. I'd highly recommend everyone go back. Oh, to that. oh, that's right. Is that like? Is that before or after uh, Bednoss and Brewsticks? I guess that you would you wouldn't know. Um, I believe it's before Bedknobs. Okay. Yes, I've seen that film as well. I guess is that also before Mary Poppins? Uh I think Mary Poppins may have been fifty nine. I thought it was sixties. I'll take a look. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, you know, honestly I'll I'll say this. When I was, yeah, me consuming a little bit more like Super Sentai, and I mean Super Sentai, not that's not throwing Power Rangers in the bus, but watching more Super Sentai, this kind of like feels like that almost. Mm. Or these, like, like I can almost see like you know the the live action versions of these, but instead it's all like in, uh, you know, in animation instead. 
Yeah, I can't imagine how they make this snake work. Why? Huh. Uh, yeah, would they do? Um, I don't know. How would they do it? Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> but that's interesting with this spirit here. They, they was, I guess, I'm not sure why they would hold her hostage. I was a little bit confused by a lot of this here. And then they didn't know this. And that's that's another thing where I, I kind of got it at the end. But yeah, either she was always dead or yeah, she was either Yoma or spirit. She had transcended. Like, is she the instance of like, oh, we can all become like her and and transcend in a good way? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess since she was like a pure spirit, someone who was had been victimized, and she could maybe see something in these two that she wanted to help. Yeah, because one of the themes through this, as you mentioned, is like transcendence. And, you know, that that priest in the beginning was talking of like, you know, transcend, like get rid of your humanity and become Yoma. Uh, again, a, a classic, I guess, Japanese trope. And in this, it's similar as well, where I guess she's the cause of like, we all could also end up like her, where we're a bit more um, benevolent. Mm hmm. Yeah, and I guess I'll spoil a little bit of what I was going to say later with uh, Aya. Since we see her, this this young person, and we see her get that that scar on her face later. The same scar that the other Aya had. Different place, though, but yes, pretty much the same thing. Yeah, I, I don't know. I got this this weird like cyclical element to this, and especially with the end with uh, uh, Maru once again being yes. reincarnated into a human. Uh-huh. Very clever. I, I wondered if you were gonna go with that. Yeah, and I, I just I had this this feeling like these two they'd be they've in some way been been removed from the regular world around them. They become something a little bit different. Kind of a interesting shot there of like we show Hikaji, you know that yeah. that's a standard thing. Like I know that's how you know Japanese underwear is, but it's like kinda of almost get him like stripped down naked more than them so it's kind of subversive at least to me but um no i, th I think you're right i, I don't want to okay yeah let's 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 put a pin in that for now and what do you what do you think of these sure. still images here i think they're cool i i started to wonder like okay maybe maybe now we're seeing some of the budget being cut but it also could just be stylistic to uh yeah add some more gravitas to this this little backstory bit or this I, uh go ahead <laughs> I, sorry i think this kind of choice i don't want to say animation because it's like i mean it, it kind of is but i think this choice is used a lot of times as well in in other um projects or series yeah yeah definitely i know uh definitely of one that i'll be showing you and i believe uh godzilla the uh the anime had that at the end in uh the planet eater as we're seeing time pass. Yes, that is correct. And I believe we also enjoyed that. Yeah, and we get here. Now it turns out that even uh, even his clan has betrayed the side of good. They've they've taken up with Lord. Uh, uh, <laughs> I always forget to say his name. Maru. Or uh, whatever his demon name is. Uh, Kakuga. Nomiko. Uh, Nomiko, no yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I wouldn't say it's evil or a side of good. It's just he's decided to like they've they've in order to defeat Oda or Nobunaga, excuse me. Uh, they've decided to in league themselves with or enroll themselves, excuse me, in league with um, Maru and his Yomas. 
yeah this this corruption or Yoma, yeah, they, and that's that's I guess another like you could almost look at that as a metaphor for. <laughs> I was kind of this is also kind of saving stuff for the end, but like the you know we're, we're this is also like this whole thing is a metaphor for um, humans and their emotions and you know taking the side of good and the, you know, the 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 harder road, but you know coming out as a success rather than taking the easiest path. Yeah. Yeah, aligning with like the most the darkest of yeah instincts kind of thing again it it really kind of reminded me of like this this more than anything felt like star wars and or at least sorry the original uh trilogy at least what lucas and all those who helped him on the original trilogy kind of intended for it's interesting yeah i didn't i didn't think of star wars at all watching this but that, that is interesting hmm. i was thinking that like last night i was like oh man this is way more faithful to star wars than i thought and even and even this guy, this the, the one 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 of, one of his like clansmen is even like kind of regretting this. Like he he has like you know I, I didn't wish I didn't come here to kill you. I just basically came to warn you. And he gave up his whole life for that. Yeah, it kind of illustrates the the dark side of being a a soldier. He's like, if I'm ordered to kill, I'll kill. If I'm ordered to die, I'll die. I didn't want to do this to you, but I've been possessed by a a yoma to to you know do these actions, do this this be a part of this dark side of this war. And that was the earlier scene we saw with him and his other clansmen uh, showing up in, in front of um, Yoma and some, or not y- y- Yoma and uh, Mauro, excuse me. Yeah. And I guess, I, I guess I forgot. And I forgot the first time I watched this too, that um, we see, I think we do actually see the change of uh, Maru. It's during that battlefield there's that voiceover and it says that it was the spilling of innocent blood that woke the yoma again ah that's right nope there you go yes that's right because there was a yeah there's a change like he has these erratic um uh bouts of of emotions where it's just like he kind of loses himself he wigs out he he tweaks out to like you know his his inner demon almost yeah he vomits at the the disgust of the the war and the soldiers just looting the corpses and as he's throwing up, his hand touches the, the bloody soil, and that's when it like corrupts him. And then he changes. And then he, uh, what is it? He rubs his hands in in dirt and mud. Yeah, uh, kind of. I guess like uh, either purifying himself or covering himself off, uh, up. Excuse me, in in the mud. And in a way, oh man. Okay, okay. Let's. Uh, I'm gonna put a pin in that quickly because let's talk about this. <laughs> yeah, her wanting him to kill her. <laughs> You're gonna leave me, kill me. That's uh, I don't I don't like man, that's that's not good character trait, man. That's a poorly written character if I ever heard it. Oh, I don't know. I, I think that she's I mean, whatever choice that she made to betray their leader and leave her oh, people. Okay, okay. Then the person that she respected who was I guess her superior, you know he died in a way because of her as well. And so th- this was kind of the last human connection that she had. I see. Okay. So there's a little bit more on this than on the surface that we're implying where, yeah, she basically is like, when I say no care, like she no longer has like much to live for because, you know, she, you know, killed that man and she's like sickened with grief and she can't basically go to her clan anymore or, you know, whatever, wherever she came from. So it's like, and yeah, no, that's a, yeah, I didn't think of that. And it's another piece of the cyclical writing with uh, now this eye has also come to the place of suicide. 
wanting to end her life. Aha. Okay. Yes. Thank you. I didn't, I did not think of that, mm-hmm. but speaking of which, it's almost like, so, so what I was going with before was that, uh, Maru, if his whole life he was, you know, you know, just a normal human, nobody realized he like his true heritage be, being of the earth. Um, it's almost like during, because of war, um, the demons rose because it's, it's like war shouldn't be like humans shouldn't fight. Like the more humans are at peace and coexistence with one another and trust, the demons won't appear, but if there is war, the the demons will come and start, you know, violently killing humans uh, f- for, you know, just their, their acts of war and distrust. Yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely think that that, yeah, the, the, the horrors of war and what it does to the, the world and the people in it is yeah. Big, big theme here. And I wondered if him being in that kind of that, that village between life and death, I wonder if that's what, made this separation form and his connection with with Maru here now they're just yeah they're the ones to really battle this out this this kind of remove this darkness from the world yeah this is what like again he's he like, like he's uh, Hikaji is the one to he's the chosen one uh because Maru is like was his friend mm-hmm whoa yeah, I didn't. Yeah, th- man, this. <laughs> I did not think it. Yeah, this is uh, this is good. Uh, this is how much? How many notes? How much more notes do you have? Uh, I don't know if there's much. Okay. I didn't take as many for this second episode. Fair <laughs> enough, but I think we definitely have enough here. Um, I guess there's another thing with scars. Um, especially since we really like in the beginning, we we saw that you know, uh, Hikaji was you know he had a, he had an eye patch on because you know. Well, right here, you know, Maru threw a poisoned shuriken at him. Mm. Mm-hmm. And again, yeah, like you mentioned earlier, like because of that other one that, uh, the pre- Kamazaki, I believe, uh, who, who you know, uh, Hikaji, uh, Mer- well, killed, you know, because he didn't want to. It kind of goes into that theory that you had. Maybe not theory, but it goes into that idea that you had. Oh, I wonder if he met with this killing this woman that he loved. I kind of, I think I missed that line before. Oh, okay, but you know who he's talking about, though, right? No, I don't remember. Okay, well, I'll, I'll let, I'll give, I'll let that, like, I'll reveal that in a second. Okay. <laughs> but definitely, this is this is here where again the villain kind of just explains his whole for um his whole reasoning. He's throwing out all his motivations and laying his cards out and saying, like, you know, yeah, join me, uh, Kaji. It is it is useless to resist. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I am looking forward to rewatching this at some point. Hopefully, when, when they release a superior uh, visual looking, uh, like a Blu ray or something, because, yeah, d- during this whole climax, I was getting more pressed for time. And so, yeah, maybe I didn't give it as much attention as I gave some of the other stuff. It's a quick watch, though. It maybe is a not, quick watch. Maybe yeah. not like super quick, but like in comparison to everything that we've recently done, it's like, yes, these are <laughs> a lot more conservative with time. Yeah, this is no Avatar 2. <laughs> or, you know, Fast and Furious. Yes. But funnily enough, I was I was actually thinking of Godzilla the Planet you're watching this this climax, because it is coming down to like make your decision which side are you gonna be. 
Oh, that's right. I just realized as well, the city on the edge of the battle or wait. Yeah. City, city on the edge of battle. Um, yeah. for, um, for, for like the whole transformation thing where they have that, um, is it trans metal or whatever it is. Um, yeah. And they're like, yeah, uh, hero be, be consumed by it. Like become one, like become the monster. So, uh, we, uh, so you'll be able to fight the monsters. Oh yeah. Mm. Man. I love those movies. Love, love those movies. Those are so good. Those are, those are basically like this. Like it's, <laughs> it's, so they're kind of same, not, I'm not gonna say song and dance, but like, you know, similar idea, uh, but just done in a different setting, I suppose. Yeah, and kind of big epic mythical tales, which stuff that I can very much enjoy. Again, a, a, a fairy tale. Yeah, I, I feel like mythic. I, I, like, I wouldn't think of, uh, like, uh, the story of Hercules. I wouldn't necessarily think of that as a fairy tale. That's fair. Or something like that. And is it also because it sounds kind of dismissive and or, like, you know, we're, we're, that, that was that was cool shots. Sorry, I just wanted yeah. to that. That was a really cool shot. But does it sound like it's talking down to and, and like... Uh, putting it down is like oh it's just nothing more than a fairy tale it's again no. similar to what you know like people think of animation it's like it's just for kids like yeah this clearly is for kids <laughs> i i just think of fairy tales as having a, a less epic quality i feel like they're more smaller stories with a a parable behind it agreed whereas epics can yeah have a much wider scope or uh myths can have a much wider scope i should say Oh, but I did like the the transform transformation with the uh, Yamaru and uh, Majumi. Majumi, I think they said. I yeah, no Miko. Miko, excuse me. No Miko. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, into this this big werewolf beast. I think this that's fun. Werewolf centaur. It's almost like a yeah. wolf, but with hooves. Yeah, and then the world's just going crazy. Yeah. So the idea is that yeah, this we, we, when they unite, they basically can resurrect and bring about an army of uh, Yoma. Yeah. So that's his whole reason for stopping him. Yeah, big apocalyptic style ending here. The fate of the world will kind of depend on what happens with this fight. So like every MCU film, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, kind of in a way, but. And that's the other thing, stand aloof from destiny. Like that's that was that was the other thing to bring up with you is that you know you're talking about how they're they're outside the system, they're outside of destiny, hmm. or at least um, uh, Hikaji is. I mean, yeah, and there's an element because they keep mentioning the the mounting conflict with these these human wars going on around them, and these two are kind of it fighting this separate war for kind of the the moral status of what, what this world is going to be. How far can we let this kind of degradation go? We have these two, these two pillars on either side of the aisle and how they're going to de define where the future of humanity is going to be is coming through this, this their own almost internal battle kind of thing. I like this transition as well, where we basically see the conclusion of this race. Yeah. I forgot about this too. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, jeez. Life is an illusion. As yeah, great transition there. That was, yeah, that was so good. I'm enjoying this more, man. I th Thanks for talking about this. Holy smokes. I know it's not over yet. It's more, it's about to be over, but still like <laughs> that. This was awesome. Oh yeah. Thanks for the suggestion. Absolutely. I, this is not yeah. one that was on my list. So I didn't, I didn't really know I, about that. Yeah, I, I thought, yeah, I can't. 
again, I'm not, I'm not throwing Bennett the Sage under the bus, but like, holy smokes, I would have never thought I'd be having discussions of destiny, nature versus nurture, like original Star Wars material, huh. cyclical cycles. Like, I didn't think of, or like the the guys' ideas of war. Like, holy smokes, there's actually more to this story than what's on the surface. Yeah, yeah. And I could easily see someone just because it does have a little bit. It's not quite surreal, but it has a little bit of an abstract layer. I could see people just being like, oh, this is just kind of cheap stuff. You know what it is? It's the first part. The first part, they'll think of, oh, this is just like trash. Like, this is just utter, you know, horror garbage. Like, no different than like a slasher film. Yeah, I could see someone getting that. And and I'll, I should have warned people up front, but if you haven't seen this and want to watch it, yeah, the animation style is good, but it could be, I could see people looking at this and be like, oh, this looks, you know, cheap and and just the, the the quality of the video looks like it could be VHS or very early DVD. And I could see that putting off some people like, oh, am I really going to put my time for this? I, I definitely think it's worth the time, which they're not showing her face. What's happening here? Oh, look at that. Yeah, I think it's a pretty similar scar. But I also like the fact that both eyes are like they're they're drawn differently. I guess they both have similar, like they both have red in their hair and they both wear white, but they're like definitely two differently like designed like women. Yeah, I thought it was age because this one seems like she's she could be like a teenager. The other one seemed like she was a, a grown woman, maybe in her 30s or 40s. I agree. That's a good point. Yeah, so I, I thought it was the the same person. That's a fair point. I also love her design, but I think this I prefer this Aya with her magenta hair and white outfit. I think it looks, I don't know, it just looks pleasing to my eye. Yeah, no, I agree. Aesthetically pleasing. Somewhere in, I don't know, the underworld, I guess. It's the snake. Also realize that it's white, so it probably means, you know, death. But guess what? That yep. maiden, she uh, she still lives. Oh, wow. I, yeah. I missed that she was killed by him. That's really interesting. Or at least, you know, or clearly was... yeah, maimed. Yeah. Um, well, I, I think she became like a spirit, didn't she? Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, yeah, you're right, a spirit. Um, yeah. And this kind of, somehow he saw blood somewhere and then he like lashed out, but not, I guess, out of rage, but just his inner demon got out. Yeah, I was wondering if he killed her after he'd become possessed or if this was yeah, maybe during the battles early on yeah i don't know that's a good question like in between that three-year period but they apparently were married or at least you know they were lovers and he made mention of that in the final battle or at least in the battle between him and hakaji so it all fits yeah, and even though she had attained a new life living as that that snake Yuma or Yoma. Yeah, now she's giving her life so that he can be reborn and the cycle maybe begin again. She made the ultimate like self uh self selfless sacrifice, I'd say, uh to maybe at least stop, yeah, this this cycle of hate, this this vicious cycle. Yeah, and that's that's what's interesting. Now instead of being born from the the earth, he was born from a, a human woman. So maybe that'll lead to a different result, but, but I don't know. I mean, the, the darkness in humanity, that, that warlike element always returns and maybe, yeah, Lord, uh, Kakuyo 
Kakuga, no Miko. I, I don't know why I struggle with that one. Maybe he'll return again. Yeah, I think I think that's the thing is that we have to have. It's it's again it's a cautionary tale of like we can't you know allow war to have. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, I guess it's boiling down to what it is, but like, yeah, should we continue to have war? You know, these demons will continue to be like returning. Yeah, and even that as he's as Hikaji's looking or uh, what is it? is that his name? Hikaji. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's Hikaji. As he sees that this kind of potential future starting with her, he hears that voice behind him, and it's that that Lord uh, Nomiko again. Being human is boring, and it's similar to if you remember in the end of uh, Planet Eater, it's very similar as well with uh, when Hiro remembers uh, when when he's when he's with the um, the Mothra people. And he kind of is seeing the integration between like the humans and the Marathor people. But then he remembers, um, what's his face's name? The, uh, the, the, um, King Ghidorah worshiper. Uh, he remembers mm. like his words and how the cycle will continue eventually. And so he takes that, uh, mech and then blows himself and his girlfriend up. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, it's like the only way to break the cycle is to remove the human poison it's no no and in this too i guess they have that same thing or being a human's boring like maybe when the people get bored that's when they get violent and warlike again and it'll release this this demon again yeah if you're if you're so bent on being you know warlike and angry and violent then become a demon like set like like shed all your uh human skin and all your your ideas of of being a human and transcend you know again into a, a yoma yeah you know i i always like those endings that end when it's like oh the story that we just watched this ending is telling us that you know uh, the chances are that we're going to return to this story again it's all going to happen once more and i feel like this ending kind of gives us that like it's it's not really an end it's just the start of a potential future that'll go a very similar way and maybe this archetype, maybe Hikaji won't be there, but maybe this Aya figure will be there, and maybe this Lord uh, Nomiko will be there, and that that war will rage once again. So I think that's a cool ending. Yeah, I did not think that we were going to have this kind of conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and thank you very much. It's been quite a long time since we brought up one of your picks. A very long time, I think, at this point. So very happy to return, and very happy to return with with a really good one. Yeah, I cannot believe that. Like this was yeah, I I would yeah, I definitely am feeling this and I'd definitely give a recommendation for this. Um but yeah, of course, oh oh and there's a <laughs> at least in this yeah, version we have trailer. a yeah, a trailer for this, which I guess is, you know, fitting, but uh we don't need to see it. Yeah. <laughs> um unless you want to, but no, um yeah, I'm 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 happy that this this stands on its own. It's not Ninja Scroll again, it's not uh, Princess Mononoke. Uh, it it has its own identity, which I like. Even if some of the visuals are maybe you know just you you've seen these kind of visuals before. Yeah, yeah, and it's more you it just. I think that this copy especially, and the the uh, English language copy even worse, maybe doesn't uh, illustrate the the real quality of this this story and stuff here. I feel like maybe if we got a pristine version it'd be a little bit easier for folks. 
But when it comes to just checking out any random OVAs, I could see someone being like, oh, this one doesn't look so great. I'll just switch and try to find a better looking one. You know, maybe you're not realizing all the, the quality that really is here. I'm not going to do a whole list or order of, because, you know, I've forgotten a lot of stuff. Maybe I do need to go back to the other ones we did before, but I definitely think this one stands above maybe some of the other ones. Oh, yeah. I We did uh, Vampire, Vampire Hunter D. I would say this one's better than that. And we did Wicked City. I would say this one's better than that, too. <laughs> or at least I like it more. And it came after Wicked yeah, it came after Wicked City. Like, this actually, like, has a story to it. Not that those other two don't have a story to them, but, like... Yeah. This one... Again, there was there were stories in those other two, and it wasn't just violence and gore and, and graphic um, sexual violence for, you know, all that sake. Yeah. But this one, I guess... Maybe, maybe the other ones had uh, some subtleties to the story we really needed to... Like pick them out, uh, pick apart them more. But this one, yeah, this one's a lot more, yeah, thoughtful when you when you actually like think about it. Yeah, more meat here, and I think it's just overall a more pleasant viewing. Uh, Vampire Hunter D, I just thought got kind of a little bit. It was a little bit, uh, uh, what's the word? A little unwieldy. Like it was a bit too long for what the material was. It was adapting a book. <laughs> yeah, and then. Oh wow, Ninja Guide in the OVA is gonna play next for me. That's funny. Uh -huh, you know about that, and, uh, and we did that one. We did do that one, yes. And I would say this is better than that one as well. But it's been quite a while now. I like that one just for even though like it's literally like me too. One of its it's, it's maybe maybe I'll find similar themes to that one in in, in uh or similar themes from uh in that one and and this one, maybe. Yeah, and if I remember correctly. I didn't actually watch that one beforehand because you sprung it on us as you you was a mystery pick. And so I think I was watching it blind. So I'm sure I didn't add too much uh, <laughs> to that conversation, probably. But what you're saying is we could potentially redo that one. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, that, that, that we could do. I, I wouldn't mind that. Yeah, maybe we'll read. I, I wouldn't mind redoing Wicked City, but that's for that's that. Sorry, that's not that's not for here now. Um, yeah, so uh, definitely. And OK, I wouldn't. I'd say this, I'd, I'd agree, I, I'd put this equal to Sonic OVA, but that's for a different reason, though, because I had a yeah. lot of fun with that one. There's a lot of, like, fun to be had with that one, even if there were some more, like, you know, wacky, kooky moments for it. Yeah. And and I, I like you mentioned, about being surprised that there was so much here. Yeah, coming in, I was like, okay, you know, it's been a while since we sat down to do one of these OVAs, but we haven't had the most success. Um, So I... You know, I wasn't expecting a, a really quality movie, but I feel like this gets gets a lot higher than I would have guessed. So and I'm again surprised that it's not really come up for me. I it wasn't any of my lists or so. Yeah, maybe underrated. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I, I, yeah, maybe this will have a turnaround one day. We, we definitely don't know. But I will uh, I will say I like, would you uh, I think you probably answered this before. Sorry for, from you, for interrupting you. Would you uh, buy, own this if they uh, put this out on physical copy? Uh, oh, a much yeah. higher like you know uh higher quality physical copy excuse me oh yeah i'd pick it up absolutely i probably would do the same so yeah and i guess we <laughs> do you think this is uh did you prefer this over even though it's not ova technically did you prefer this over a win named amnesia <laughs> <laughs> yes very much so and that's not a hard a hard hard hurdle to get over <laughs> <laughs> agreed um Yes, you're you're right. So for now, I'm definitely feeling this one, and would recommend everybody 
uh, check it out and uh, see what you guys all think. Because uh, I think there is, as Caleb said, there's there's stuff to be had with this. Yeah, look forward to the future. I'm hoping we can keep the basement clean. I'm hoping that we can make some more time to get down there. Because, yeah, I, even though occasionally we can come across some, some more seedy elements, I just have a love for cheap uh, exploitation, <laughs> whether that's animated or live action. I feel like finding the hidden diamonds in the rough in exploitation is more rewarding than than the suffering that you can get dredging through all the bad stuff. Like it's always worth it for me to find those really good ones. So there's a point, of course, there's a few of these that I have yet to watch myself because they are a little bit too graphic for me, but we'll get to that. In no time. Oh, <laughs> they're high on the list. Okay. Yeah. No, <laughs> trust me. Like, again, I, I intended like, this is an uncomfortable place that we're coming to. And this did not make me feel uncomfortable. No, nope, um, no, nope. but yeah, there'll be definitely other ones. But yeah, let's let's leave it as for this one. Uh, thank you very much, Caleb, for you know accepting this uh, this here pick of mine. I'm I'm happy that yeah, it's, we kind of got off to a good start with this, which is uh, really nice. Um, Absolutely, hope to do this again at some point, but or which we will. So look for more of these eventually in the future. But for now, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, those in between unaffiliated for listening to Novice Leadist uh, in our uh, ultra-violent A-rated basement. I uh, hope you took something from this and it was an intellectually stimulating conversation. Until next time, which will you decide to transcend once the war begins? Become, release your inner demon or uh, reject that and become a little bit more benevolent? The choice is yours. Till next time. Peace. Neither one of those is ultra violent, which is why we didn't factor into this series. Yeah, even though what you'll see on the, it's, it's kind of funny. Even that you'll you'll see in the um, if if you go to the tag of ultra violent A rated basement, you'll see that Sonic's on there. It technically shouldn't be because this is it's not yes. that ultra violent. So I should probably take that out of there. Yeah. All right. Well, I just dated ourselves, but anyways. <laughs> Okay, I got <coughs> Oh crap. Yeah, I left uh okay, yeah, I've I've left uh Yeah, this has been a little bit too long. It's uh you're looking a little bit I don't know, occupied right now by other people. Well, time to clean up. We're gonna need some ammonia. <laughs> <laughs>